G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Have you ever needed a special touch from God? You know, the world's telling you you're worthless, everything's going against you, you feel overlooked and left behind. Jesus has obviously forgotten all about you. I think we've all been there. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're going to discover the healing love of Jesus Christ for you. So let's dive into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I love to send you. It's called The Power of Love, to help you experience that power, the healing power of God's love in your life. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about love, a special kind of love, God's love. And unlike human love, God's love never fails. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And with all the bumps and bruises and the scars we've been left with as we've travelled along that bumpy road we call life, that's something that you and I really need. We all have fears and insecurities, okay, some more than others, but we all have them. But God doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be insecure. Have a listen to this. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 to 19. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Now there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears hasn't reached perfection in love. And we love because he first loved us. I love that. God is love. And if we abide, if we dwell and fellowship with God, we'll know that love. And get this, the perfect love of God casts out all fear. So we don't have to be afraid anymore or insecure anymore or worried about anything anymore because it turns out that love, perfect love, God's love, is like a healing balm. God's love, when we live in it, dwell in it, abide in it, sets us free from fear. You know what? That sounds fantastic. And if it is true, we we all need that. So here's the plan. Let's spend a bit of time exploring this healing love of God today. Healing and restoration is precisely the reason that Jesus came. The very first time that Jesus got up to speak in a synagogue, or at least it's the first time following his launch into his public ministry, he chose to read from the book of Isaiah. And this is how it all went down. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on Jesus. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. See, he starts off with with the poor. 
Can I tell you, the poor were despised and marginalised and ostracised. The poor weren't by and large the ones filling that synagogue that day in Nazareth. But he came to bring them, them, the poor, good news and release to the captives, the people in prison, the people no one bothers with, and sight for the blind. There were beggars out there on the street. No welfare checks in the mail for them. The very first thing that Jesus gets up and says about himself is that he came to bring healing to the least of the least. And isn't that often how we feel? Sure, there may well be poor people, imprisoned people, blind people, oppressed people listening today. In fact, I know without a shadow of any doubt that there are. And their ears are listening keenly to what's going on here. But what about those who don't quite fall into that category? What about those who are comfortable middle-class suburbanites commuting on the tube in London or or driving home in the traffic in Chicago or, or resting on a beach somewhere in the Pacific? What about those people? And there are plenty of those listening today as well. Well, this passage from the book of Isaiah that Jesus read there actually in full has much more to say. It talks of binding up the brokenhearted, proclaiming liberty to the captives, release to prisoners, comfort for all those who mourn, to give us a garland, a wreath of flowers instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, to repair the devastations of the past. Now, Why wasn't it quoted in full there by Luke? Because those guys lived in an oral culture. And so he quoted what he remembered. But you can be sure that if Jesus was reading from chapter 61 of the book of Isaiah that day, then this is what he read. This is what he said about himself. He came to bring healing and restoration to you and to me. Let's just let that sink in. Is any of us broken-hearted today? Do, do any of us have devastations of the past that need rebuilding? Is anyone today mourning? Does anyone need the oil of gladness? Does anyone need a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit? Well, I think we've pretty much covered everybody there with that list. Does that mean Jesus is only here for the losers? No. That's what the sceptics will tell you. The point is... We all have things that happen to us along the way that require healing. Things that sometimes are our own fault, but sometimes they're not. And we're left with wounds and scars and hurts and devastations from the past. You see, this is universal, rich and poor, black and white. Jesus came for all of us to bind up the brokenhearted among us. Can I tell you, I look back to a devastating time in my life when when I was brokenhearted, And the only person who could make any difference in that place was Jesus. Nothing anybody else said or did could have any impact at all. And you know, that's how it often is. The only thing that can make an impact, the only thing that can heal us, is the healing balm of God's own love. Totally accepting, totally loving, totally faithful, powerful beyond measure to drive out darkness and fear. And you know the sad thing? So many people don't believe that this kind of love is actually for them. It's as though it's for others, but surely it's not for me, because I must come somewhere really low down on the pecking order. I mean, surely God would go to the super spiritual people before me. Surely God wouldn't have time to get as far down the list as me. Which is why Jesus, when he stood up for the first time in public ministry, read from Isaiah and declared for all the world, that he came for the poor, the oppressed, the captives, the blind, the broken-hearted, the least of the least. 
What he was saying is that he came for everyone, including you and me. And friend, that's why today, following a short break, we're going to meet two of those people, a leper and a woman with a terrible disease, because I believe, I believe that Jesus, through his word, wants his love to become real in your life. Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. We live in a world that sometimes feels anything but loving. So it's not always easy to wrap our hearts around God's amazing love. It's not always easy to experience God's love for ourselves. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet called The Power of Love. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching that I believe God is wanting to use to speak His life-changing love into your heart. And at the end of each chapter, there are some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at christianityworks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. Now, have you ever felt like the amazing love of God? Yeah, sure it's true, but it must be for other people, not for me. Well, right now, we're going to meet a man who, according to our view of God, should never have experienced his love. And each time I visit this man, his story completely blows me away. Now, we can talk about the love of God in theory, but what about in our own experience? What about in your experience? I wonder whether you, like me, from time to time, find yourself in a place where the last thing you expect to find is God's saving love. I wonder whether you, like me, have had times where you've lost sight of the unfailing love of God. Well, if that's you, then I have something special for you right now. I think we each have one particular story from the Bible that, more than any other story, resonates with us. For me, it comes from the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. I'd not long been a Christian, probably no more than a year, and I was already at Bible college. Don't ask me. God had a plan, and at that point I just grabbed hold and hung on, And so there I was studying at Bible college, and one of the compulsory subjects I had to take was evangelism. Okay, I needed the tick in the box. I could sit through a whole semester of lectures, but hang on a minute. Look look at the timetable. Look, next semester, I can take it as an intensive. And what that meant was that I could attend for two weekends, get all the lectures on those weekends, do the assignments, and hey, bingo, I had a tick in the box for the subject of evangelism. Pretty good plan, so that's exactly what I did. I got to the first intensive. It started on a Friday morning, and I met the visiting lecturer, a long-haired, bearded, ex-heroin-addicted bikey who now had a couple of PhDs to his name, Theology and Cultural Anthropology. Pretty impressive. The lecturers began, and even though it was really hot and humid, I have to tell you, I was absolutely riveted. As we came to the end of the day, it was as though for the very first time someone had opened the lid to the box labelled God's love for me. And I was completely overwhelmed. And for that night, the lecturer set us an assignment to read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, from beginning to end. 
He happened to mention that Mark was the shortest of the four, so you guessed it, I chose Mark. That night I started to read, and, and I wasn't long into it, when I came across the story of a leper. It's only a very short story. But this one story was the turning point of my life. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 40, a leper came to Jesus begging him, and kneeling he said, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But this man went out and began to proclaim freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but had to stay out in the country, and the people came to him from every quarter. See, right there in that moment, it hit me that I was that leper. I was that leper, not only in my own eyes, but in God's eyes. You see, the moment I met Jesus, the moment I accepted him, something started really, really bothering me. And frankly, from time to time since then, it's come back to haunt me. It's this, that I'm simply not worthy of God. I mean, I'm not. The more I get to know him, I, like the Apostle Paul, the more aware I become of my sinfulness. I, I truly am not worthy. But back then... It struck me for the very first time that my sin was a rancid stench in the nostrils of God, just like the pus-filled sores of the leper were a stench in the nostrils of Jesus. This, this leper back then was an outcast. He couldn't approach anyone who wasn't a leper unless he yelled out at 60 or 70 paces, unclean, unclean. He lived in a slum outside the protection of the city walls with the other lepers, and as much as I came to the realisation that I wasn't worthy to approach God, this leper already knew that about himself. Everything in his culture, in his society, in his religion told him he was not worthy to approach Jesus. So what does he do? <laughs> he approaches Jesus anyway. He throws himself down at Jesus' feet, kneels down before him and begs, if you choose, you can make me clean. Do you see that? Nothing was going to stop this guy. Not his religion, not the law, not social customs, not the loss of his own dignity, nothing. He cast himself on the mercy of God that day. And Jesus, listen to this carefully, moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Jesus was moved with compassion. The love of God reached out and did the one thing that nobody else on this planet would have done in that moment, the love of God reached out and touched the leper. And in that loving, compassionate reaching out and touching was the healing love, the healing power of God. And my friend, the only reason that this leper is before you today, me, is that I too was so touched by the love of God. Do you notice what happens straight after this? Jesus tells the man, look, don't go and tell anyone else about this. Just go and tell the priests so according to the law they can declare you clean and you can make sacrifices. But the guy, well, I mean, he's over the moon. He's not going to go and see any priests. He races into town to his former friends and family, people he's been separated from for who knows how long, and he shouts the good news from the rooftops. I'm clean, I'm clean. A leper no more, healed, restored, back into relationship with his family and his community. Can you blame the guy? And do you notice that this healing touch came 
to the least of the least, the most marginalised and rejected of outcasts, it came to the leper. This is the healing love of God. This is the love that will touch us and heal us in a way that nothing else and nobody else can. And friend, it's for me and it's for you. Are you feeling inadequate? Are you feeling unworthy? Are you feeling as though, well, God couldn't possibly want to touch me? Is that where you're at? Now let me encourage you, be the leper. Ignore logic, ignore rules, ignore the law, ignore what other people think, ignore what you may think of yourself, and cast yourself at Jesus' feet. Impose yourself on Jesus' grace. And friend, I guarantee you, when you come thus before your Lord, he will again be moved with compassion. He will again reach out his hand and touch the leper and say to you, I do choose, be made clean. See, there's only one question. What on earth are you waiting for? Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you experience the incredible transformational power of God's love for real in your life. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotion with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed devotional. Completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now there are a whole bunch of people who have what I call worm theology. They look at themselves in the mirror. What they see is a worm. God couldn't possibly ever love me. Well, we're going to meet someone right now who had every right to think of herself that way. And despite that, she reached out and touched Jesus. Before the break, we met a leper who knew that by every law and custom and whatever else that he'd been brought up with, the last thing he should do was to approach someone who wasn't a leper. He was required, when he was yet some 60 or 70 paces away from someone, to yell out at the top of his lungs, unclean, unclean, to warn the other people not to come near. You and I, we can scarcely fathom how that must have hurt him, how, how that must have torn at his soul. And despite this, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He, he ignored protocol and cast himself on the mercy of God. Well, right now, we're going to meet a woman. She too was unclean for a different reason. And she too came to Jesus for healing, but in a different way. Let's have a listen to her story. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 22. One of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay hands on her so that she may be well and live. So Jesus went with him 
and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now, there was a woman who'd been suffering from hemorrhages for over 12 years. She'd endured so much under so many physicians, and she'd spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather she grew worse. She'd heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I can but touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. But immediately where that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, Do you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched my clothes? He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now think about this. Being unclean was a big deal, and because of her constant bleeding, according to the law of the Old Testament, this woman was unclean, and anyone or anything that she touched became unclean. And if you were unclean, you couldn't go and worship God at the synagogue or in the temple. That's it in a nutshell. So she, aside from probably being quite smelly, given that they didn't have all the mod cons that some of us have come to expect today, she was an outcast because she was ritually unclean according to the law of God. Isolated, no husband, poor, no one to protect her or provide for her. Twelve years, pain, suffering, rejection, isolation. And then she hears that Jesus is coming to town. We don't quite know what went through her mind, but my hunch is that after all the doctors, all the years of suffering, losing all her money trying to get healed, she's completely at the end of her tether. So she takes the bit between her teeth. She's heard about his miracles. Maybe she's seen him perform the odd one. Perhaps she knows someone who's been healed. So she sets out that day with pretty much nothing to lose. But, but when she gets to where Jesus is... He's surrounded by a massive crowd. I mean, everybody else had pretty much the same idea that day too. Let's go and check out this Jesus guy who's, who's supposed to be healing all these people. And at the top of the heap, at least 150 pegs higher than this woman in the pecking order, is the leader of the local synagogue, Jairus, whose daughter is on her deathbed. Imagine how this woman felt. The crowd, Jairus, I mean, Jesus was obviously going with Jairus. What hope was there? Well, just one. If Jesus wasn't going to see her and reach out to her as he did with the leper, well, you know what? She could see him, and maybe, just maybe, she could squeeze through the crowd and reach him and touch his clothes. Hey, what's she got to lose? She heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, if I can but touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed. And no one, no one other than herself knew. I mean, this was perfect. She could slip away anonymously. She touched the healing love of God. She'd been healed. Now she can get on with her life. No one need know that she, this unclean woman, had touched so many people in the crowd and made them unclean. Hey, this is perfecto. But Jesus knew. J Jesus had been touched by someone in the crowd the one person who, for whatever reason, whatever her thinking was, had come with a faith beyond a faith, a hope beyond a hope, in the healing love of God. 
And it was through that faith and that hope and that determination that she lay hold of the power of God for the power flowed out of him into her by faith. No one else got it. The disciples, who should have got it, were were incredulous. What do you mean someone touched you? Give me a break. You're surrounded by a huge crowd. But Jesus singled her out. She told her whole story, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And through this woman, he taught the crowd, he taught you and me this 2,000 years on, that his saving love, his powerful love, his healing love, is for everyone, from the greatest gyrus to the least, this woman whose name we will never even know. Friends, sometimes he heals our physical infirmities, and sometimes he doesn't. But here's what I've noticed about Jesus. Whenever we come to him with just a mustard seed of faith, his compassion, his love, his healing will touch us in ways we simply can't imagine. The point is that his love heals and restores according to his sovereign will and purpose. And I've never met one person who said that they've been worse off for having pushed through the crowd to touch his cloak. I've never met anyone who says, man, I wish I'd never touched Jesus. And so often the ones who touch him are the ones called to trials and challenges in serving him. But even those, those who suffer, have come to experience the indescribable and glorious joy of knowing Jesus. And that, my friend, is worth so much more than anything else that you or I will ever find on this earth. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to experience the power of God's love in Jesus Christ for themselves. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give toward the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier called The Power of Love. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.